Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible by the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. And I'm Brittany Lemaire. We are looking forward to hearing what topics are important to you. Be intentional. Stay curious. And inspire others. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us. Hashtag WNRG Podcast Series. My question is, what do you plan to accomplish this quarter at the end of this year? Like, what do you see your department doing at this moment in time, this quarter, this year? Well, you know, so I, for healthcare services broadly, you know, I, I would say um, if, if I broke it down in the various pieces for, for Humana Home, as we do the work today around care management, care coordination, it's, um, it's uh, continuing the, the refinement of that business that we started last year. Uh, where we went from managing several hundred thousand members to this year we're managing a couple hundred thousand, but we're monitoring a half a million. Mm-hmm. So we went from managing most to managing fewer, but we're, but we're monitoring. And so we got to see that through. And I think we have to personalize it, um, it with with the member, but also bring to life um, all the amazing work that you know Kirk and and Sherry and Kate and team are working on with. Um, these disease state best practices so that when a clinician sees someone that has got diabetes or diabetes and congestive heart failure or you name the the multitude of diseases and the combinations and flavors they can show up in that 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 clinician that nurse the social worker the whomever is taking care of the person that they know what to do right and that they're that there's more it's it's more I don't want to say prescriptive because that sounds negative but it it, it gives them more guidance on right. how to show up at the same time, I think given better reports. I, I think we do a great job of giving our, our associates reports on, hey, you saw nine versus 10 or you did eight versus nine, which is a productivity measure. But I, I think clinicians want to know, am I doing a good job? Right. Am I taking care of the people I served? You know, from all my people who have diabetes, what's their average hemoglobin A1C score, which is a measure in diabetes that's a blood measure that, that we know about our members and that they should be taken care of? And I think clinicians want to know, am I doing good or bad? And so we're trying to bring, trying to get those, that reporting out so mm-hmm. that they see that not only am I productive, but I'm delivering a health outcome. Right. Because that's why people show up. It's not because I want to go, you know, make 200,000 visits this year or fill 40 million prescriptions. It's, I'm improving health. As clinicians, that, that's the way we're wired. And that's and, it, yeah. and that's the perspective. One of the perspectives I try to bring. The other, I think, big thing is you know this kindred at home. Um, be careful what you ask for because mm-hmm. you might get it. Um, the deals have closed, and it's time for us to start demonstrating. Mm-hmm. You know that that this stuff matters. So um, it's really getting all those tests and learns set up. Um, but before we get all the tests and learns set up, one of the things we got to do is get connected. Right. Uh, that sounds so basic, but if you talk to any home health company today, what they tell you is when you leave the hospital and the doctor calls up and says, you know, patient X needs home health, um, the only thing the home health company really knows is patient X needs help. Here's their payer. And um, 
and, uh, and, and that type of thing. What they don't know is the history of the patient. Nice. Guess who knows the history? We do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Guess what we don't share? The data. So we got to share the data. Um, on the pharmacy front, I think there's a lot of things we got to do there uh, relative to um, uh, this specialty drug uh, boom that's in front of us. You know, all the manufacturer pipelines are rich with these specialty drugs. It's getting better um, you know, tools, uh, capturing more of the volume in our own specialty pharmacy, but doing all the right clinical things. I think there's more work for us to do on that front. Um, it's also digitizing. I mean, you know, with, with Amazon entering the pharmacy arena or attempting to enter the pharmacy arena, um, that signals a game changer because the expectation of the consumer is going to be high mm-hmm. because that's the world they live in. Mm-hmm. I mean, being easy to do business with, always on, you know, because Amazon is. Um, transparent because mm-hmm. they're going to be, right? Um, that, that signals a game changer. We've got to deal with that, plus all the policy and regulatory stuff. Um, for healthcare services broadly, I think we've got a lot of work we have to do to deliver a, sort of this, this enterprise clinical operating model for, for Big H, as I call it, Humana, um, for the board um, to align around, around what does our technology stack look like and how does that change the capabilities we're going to be bringing forward and how do we get all this stuff connected that improves the member experience, delivers better quality, and hopefully has some uh, some trend vendors taking some of the cost out along the way. That should be pretty easy. Yeah, yeah pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. I, I'm sure I left a few things it. out. Yeah. We got it's this. Done by end I think year. I forgot to mention continuing to embed behavioral health as a discipline. Oh. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to separate medical health and behavioral health. Yes. Those two things mm-hmm. work hand in glove. And and you know, last year we took medical health and behavioral health specifically from being a separate business, and we, now we've embedded it. Um, but we got to continue that journey and 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 truly getting our clinicians to the top of their license. So we got a lot of lot of fun things in front of us. I think the good news, though, is you and you already said it. You've got clinicians who want to do the right thing. They're in this for the member. They want to see that the, the health outcomes improve. So you, you know you've got the right people in place to drive this. So I mean, it's it's go time. It is go time. Right. And you know, if if I always tell people, if you're bored in healthcare. You, you must have your head in the ground. Um, and if you don't like change, then healthcare is probably not right for you. You probably you, and and I know some several of our associates, and if they're if they're listening, you know, want to say, want to ask, you know, is change? Are we going to stop changing? And my message to you is no. You don't want us to stop changing. Right now. I mean, if you're satisfied with the healthcare delivery in this country, fair enough. But my view is it's the highest cost and the lowest quality. It's the least value. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we spend more in healthcare than any other country, and yet we, our burden of disease is high, and, you know, quality is not where it could be. And, and you want Humana pushing on this stuff. You want change. Um, and and, you, and, and I, I would challenge you to try to find ways to embrace that change. And this change is more applicable, not just to our members. Uh, it, it's going to push further into the healthcare field in general uh-huh. and start making other companies now accountable for the social responsibility. And uh, that's JP, JP Chase and Morgan and Amazon. I think they, they were trying to help establish some type of a healthcare 
system or deal, I will include this in the show notes um, because Politico released an article on it. But different companies from different industries that you would not normally see or see the connection are now working together, realizing they're really good at certain things, and they're going to leverage that to then. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with the it's J.P. Morgan. It's the uh, Berkshire Hathaway and Amazon. The three companies came together and they said, "Hey, we're going to go solve healthcare because we basically have got nothing to do. And we, we're going, you know, we've basically solved everything else. Too. We're going to do that too." And and my message to them is, "Welcome to the fray." Because <laughs> you know, if you all can solve it, then you Amen. know, God love you and, and yeah. come Wish come join us sure. because getting that consumer to do what's in their best interest is easier said than done. Absolutely. Uh, consumers don't do what's in the best interest. I mean, why do you why do you buy those hundred you know, cable TV channels, but you don't choose to take your medicine as prescribed? Well, listen, every time we're talking about disease-specific best practices or anything along those lines, the first thing I do is bring my 69-year-old mother who was end-stage COPD, and I say she'll never do that. She wouldn't do that. You know, how are we going to get my mom, who's the most non-compliant patient? Ever, you know, that's how we have to start thinking. How do we get behavior change on folks who? So you're right. She. My wife asked me what what I do every day, and and, it, and actually, my grandmother started it years ago, and I struggle with 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 describing what I did first with my grandmother because uh, she knew Humana as the hospitals, right? And, oh. and to her grave, she still thinks I worked at Humana Hospital. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. I, I couldn't explain to her what, okay. managed, yeah. care, what managed care, what managed care was, and what yeah. you know, right? Mm. And today, you know, my wife and kids, they'll say, "What, what does Dad do?" And they just, they just kind of roll their eyes. And I finally told them, "I'm in the behavior change business. That's it. Trying to influence our own behavior. That's good. Because that's the only thing we're in control sure. of: provider behavior, consumer behavior. That's it. And and it's not." forcing them to change, it's how do you influence them to change? Yeah. I, I really think that's what we're in is the behavior change business. Mm-hmm. So that I, I, I welcome Amazon and Berkshire and J.P. Morgan. Help us figure out how to change behavior because that's what we're talking about here. This is not about writing a contract or developing a widget or a gadget. It's right. about changing consumer behavior. But I think that's where our culture, Humana's culture for the associates in terms of well-being, inclusion and diversity, all of these pieces, the healthier I my associates are, the better the experience is for the member. You know, the, mm-hmm. the more we take care of ourselves, Humana really has the right idea in terms of making well, sure the associates are taking care of big, themselves. A big shout out to Kathy Driscoll, who's, who leads our oh, chief nursing you. officer yeah. group. And, you know, Kathy's got a big uh, job in front of her and her team and the, um, the Office of the Nursing Leadership Collabor- mm-hmm. Collaborative, the ONLC, and, and candidly, all of our clinicians, whether it's a nurse or a social worker or whomever, um, you know, I, one of my goals is to hopefully create Humana as a destination for clinicians, whether you're, I don't care what type of clinician, pharmacist, doctor, nurse, um, social worker, whomever, because, um, you know, what we have in front of us is the need for people to do good. And I think we've got to we got to you know attract the right talent bring the right mindset we got to take care of them um and you know especially on the nursing front we have so many uh, nursing uh, opportunities and 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 certainly kinder home brings that kinder home by itself is going to double the size of humana we were talking about mm-hmm. that and you know and so you know when you have a uh, kinder home today has a 40 45% turnover rate amongst its nurses we're talking about that too you know it can't be that way. And so how do you solve for that? 
you know, what what is that type of thing? And what is that passion and mission that will get that down, that will connect back into the business principles, but also deliver value for that nurse who to get them to want to stay and, and, and serve this purpose. I, the thing I'm most impressed about Humana in my years here is I do think we're a purpose-driven company. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it squishy. I do think we're a purpose-driven company. I, and it's hard work. It's not for the you know, weak of mind. You've, I mean, every day we show up, we got to do you know things that sometimes we don't want to do. But, but, but at the same time, I mean, having that bigger purpose of the bold goal to improve mm-hmm. health, that's a noble mission, and you got to really want to be a part of that and have that that passion to do that work. But but that that's why we love Humana, and that's why people are mm-hmm. so motivated to just become better people and and do more in their in their area because um, it's so member centric, right? You the, know. And I think it's amazing that we, I had no idea until like last year, we have a physician's like rotator panel. So we're going that step further to seek out these pain points that, you know, from a different clinical perspective that doctors have and developing these toolkits uh, for how we can better interact with them and building onto that perfect experience and helping create that. So this, in that big push for value-based care, can you expand a little bit more on that strategy and move to the value-based rather than getting patients in and out the door? Well, I mean, value-based is really talking about taking care of the whole person, no matter where, 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 where the person sits. And, you know, if you think about, you know, a physician who's practicing fee-for-service medicine, they're on that treadmill. The more I do, the more I get paid. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're bringing patients in and, and getting through through their offices as fast as they can. Um, and, and when that person shows up in the ER that they've been taken care of, um, you know, they, they're not all that concerned with the fact the person's in the ER. The, oftentimes when they get the call, if they get the call, the, the conversation will be, well, go ahead and admit them and have them come out and see me when they get out of the hospital. And then the hospital intensivist stuff takes over and every other, all the labs and all the tests and and you know, volume-based medicine takes over. In this value-based world, where the doctor cares about the whole you, mm-hmm. um, they're spending more time with you. Their clinicians, their nurses, their people working for them spend more time with you. And when you have a bad thing happen, you show up at the ER and they get the call. It's it's a conversation of, hang on, myself or one of my partners will be there in the next you know hour. Mm-hmm. Put put them in an observation. And we'll make a decision as to the next steps, and they'll guide through that process. Because what they don't want is volume-based medicine to take over. It's not, it's not taking things away. It's making sure that the right things get done. The right, rather than all the tests that could happen, the right three tests and the right mm-hmm. five drugs. And so it's, it's really pulling that through that, that ends up taking costs out of the system. We have incredible evidence that, in all this value-based physician capabilities we brought to market and all the reporting, all the technology support we give to a doctor, that um, when a doctor goes from fee-for-service to value-based, where they're, they're getting paid more for quality, mm-hmm. costs go down, quality goes up. Doctors see less patients in their panels, so they go from 2,000 patients in their panel to call it 750, may, maybe 1,000, so at least by half, so they see less but they spend more time, right? And so it's that it's that journey. But you got to believe that as a doctor, that that matters, and that you want to get engaged around that. And in local communities, that can be hard because if it's just us out there doing it, 
there may not be enough volume for all doctors in that community to to take that on. Because the logical question is, why wouldn't all doctors go do that? That sounds like a great story. Mm-hmm. But just creating, a, taking a disjointed system and applying like this seamless truth, creating these are people and treating the whole person. Well, and we, we might value value-based care and we might mm-hmm. reimburse for it based on but the, the next payer doesn't. doesn't the next payer mm-hmm. doesn't and so yeah that that's a great point and so it's and so there's at a community level it, it can be challenging that we can go into a community but you know if we're only 20 percent of your practice you know how do you practice volume or value based with us for one out of five patients and the rest of it's volume based and it's tough for a doctor, in fairness to them, to keep a you know sort of a, a leg in both camps, mm-hmm. and 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 it's there's there's a point where they got to make a pivot. There is a critical mass thing, which becomes a business mm-hmm. thing, um, but um, you know where we've where we've got it, it's and it's going it's going great, uh, and we want more of it. We want to get more physicians to practice value based, and we want to get more of our members in physician practices who are practicing value-based. So there's, there's a, a nice journey that, that we're on there. Now you're associates. Words on the, word on the street says you're pretty cool. Uh, well, you're a pretty cool boss and leader. So well, what do you do to keep your associates engaged? Uh, you know, we talk. Mm-hmm. We, we, we try to communicate, um, you know, using as many media as we can. Um, Town halls and webcast, and which, which is a Disney written. best practice. So mm-hmm. if you've ever done Disney PSX, you know the mm-hmm. um, perfect experience. That is, that's like their number one. Say what you need to say in as many ways as you can. Right, and keep saying and it. Right, keep right. saying it, mm-hmm. and keep even though you think you've already said it, say it again. Right, right? so you, you can't say it enough. So I, I think you've got you got to do that. You got to be available. Um, you got to get out in the field. I don't get out in the field enough. I keep wanting to, and it just, you know, things take over. But you got to get out in the field. Um, and I think, and I think, importantly, you got to listen. Um, and you know, I think we're improving our listening. And and you know, because I think people on the front line know where the problems are more than anybody else. And if you ask yes. them, you got to be willing to ask. But then you got to take action. And then you got to go back and say, "You said we heard, we did." Exactly. Right. We our last episode that's getting to come out this Thursday is actually on that, and what spurred that topic is actually a Disney uh, Perfect Experience um, discussion that I had read from Forrester Research, saying that only twenty percent of companies actually use what their employees say, and so then we had a whole episode on employee voice and how you can speak up and help solve operational challenges. Well, and sometimes I just I want to be heard. It doesn't mean you have to implement it. Right. right. It doesn't mean that I have the best idea in in the room, but it's nice to Hear know me out. I'm being heard. And and like you said, you just got to have that feedback loop. Well, you know, I I, I did some uh, site visits last year with one of our uh, nursing groups um, to actually members' homes, and you know, leaving one of the homes, I asked the nurse that I was with, you know, if we could solve one thing, what would it be? And she got a tear in her eye, and 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 she she you could tell she was exasperated. And her point was, um, I don't want to have to do double entry. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. give her an i. The great news is we give her an iPad. Check mm-hmm. the box, right? So you get a device, but it requires Wi-Fi. Yeah. And if the person's home doesn't have Wi-Fi, that means it doesn't work. Typically, wouldn't for some of the folks. That well. Uh, clearly. And so we get, you know, in the example of home we went to, person did not have Wi-Fi, so she had to take all of her notes by hand and then key them in later when she gets home. And it's that double entry was on her mind. Now, 
as I was sitting there and as, as she left and we, we parted, I realized that that really is not the issue. That really is not the issue. We're not getting to the issue because that basic need is not being met. That we, you know, as we as leaders have not solved that basic problem for that, for that associate. That that's, mm-hmm. that's an added stress we put into her job. That pain point. That we own as leaders. And her real issue isn't even being vocalized. That's the one that's coming forward. And, and I left there embarrassed that we've mm-hmm. got to go find those basic added stresses and take the added stress out of the job. Because one of the things I've learned over the last several years is that, you know, there's the inherent stress in a job, but there's the added stress. Mm-hmm. The inherent stress of a job, especially clinicians, is way high. I don't care where you sit in Humana. I, I'll guarantee you that the job of a clinician has more inherent stress than the job of really anyone else. And you can name name the role um, because they're dealing with life issues and death exactly. issues and those sorts of things. Real people. But then you put the added stress in. And that adds another dimension of, of challenge. And so, you know, as leaders, we have to be aware and cognizant of that and, and figure out what we can do and do listen and do take those notes and do write them down and do say, yeah, we can handle, we can solve these and these we can't solve. And maybe maybe we can't solve some of them because of time and money, but we ought to be open and candid about that. And that's exactly. what, that's some of the things we're trying to do is listen better, get out into the field. I, I just heard, you know, two weeks ago that, Something like thirty to forty percent of our um, laptops are really not up to quality where they need to be because it's creating slowness of the system. We originally thought the slowness of the system was was the operating system itself, but in reality, it turns out that it's that local machine that doesn't have enough RAM mm-hmm. that doesn't allow it to mm-hmm. whatever that RAM thing does to make the, <laughs> the system move. Memory. There you go. See. Things. Quickly, wow. I, I am. I'm telling you, See? I just you know things. Man. I used to work in healthcare IT. Um, like a Wikipedia. I know. Right. Color the humanopedia. That's that's so cool. Yeah. I would gladly take that. Um, <laughs> so that's a great point, though. So then, upgrading the laptops mm-hmm. becomes a simple thing. I just right? got mine last yeah. week. Right, those sure. things become simple. How do we solve those? I call them some of the basic needs, and and so, you know, understanding that the depth of it, I, I think that's that's you know, we got to keep doing more of that. Awesome. And, and there's never enough. I mean, there's always something to do, right? Absolutely. Anything else you want to share with us before we wrap up this quick hour? Just I, I, flew by. Leave, leave the world a better place, Love what it. I would say. I mean, I think, you know, what, one of the, my goals in life is to leave the world better than we found it. And, you know, whatever that looks like it is, and I would challenge each of us to do that. If we can all get to the top of our license there on that, um, we're going to get to places we haven't even thought about. But so... You know, keep the passion. Do what you all do um, every day, and and we're going to find some neat things that um, have been unavailable to us because of Humana's culture. I, I think our Humana's culture is amazing. We got to see another culture of a company for a year and a half during the you know failed uh, breakup, as you all called it. And I, I think that um, our culture is pretty good. Let's make it even better. And, and I think, in part, I would challenge us: leave the world a better place. Amen. Thank you so much, William, for being Thank you here. All. We appreciate the hour with you, and yeah. we know that your schedule is extremely busy, but you chose to spend it with us. Yeah. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. you. And that's it for this episode. You can share your thoughts on our WNRG Buzz page or by tagging us, hashtag WNRG Podcast Series. Until next time, be intentional. Stay curious. 
and inspire others. Just say blue button, blue button. Everybody's talking about blue button these days. Well, it makes you you sound smart. Blue button. Well, and I I did it. Artificial intelligence. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Digital. 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 Got to digitize it.